Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, August 16, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Right out of the chute, we'll discuss two things. A, is anything jumping off the page other than the trend is your friend until she throws you out the third story window? Well, There is, it's the numbers on the left side of the page, 448.90 to 450.24. And we discussed this last week. As we begin to get closer to those numbers, we'll just use the 448.90 for argument's sake. As the market approaches that spot or that zone, you can't help but think, hey, wait a minute. Could those numbers that he discussed a long time ago and the manner in which he showed us how they're calculated which seems like something out of Mad Magazine, but wait a minute, could they actually be relevant? The answer is, at this point, as we get closer in the midst of a melt-up operation, I have to think they're important. They're likely more important than I originally thought they could be. They're important numbers, they're approaching, and likely we're going to hit at minimum of the first one as the target. If that changes, we'll deal with it at the time, but as far as I'm concerned from where I sit, we're looking at a 448.90 or higher target on the table. The second thing on the chart is that line running across the top at 443.75 wasn't necessarily the low of day, wasn't far from the low of day. What does that represent? We're going to get to that later, But rest assured, it creates a learning opportunity. Are we going to see anything on the 240 chart or the 120-minute chart or even the hourly chart that we haven't seen on the daily chart in terms of they're just at new highs, they closed at the highs, it's a melt-up operation, all the charts look the same. Doesn't mean they gap up on Tuesday. We could certainly have a turnaround Tuesday. But as far as I'm concerned, and I'll put it in the sooner than later camp, they're going to 448.90. Could be higher. That's the minimum required target. Before we move on to other charts and other stuff, I should mention the news cycle. Obviously, there's a dumpster fire going on over in Afghanistan. It's a terrible situation. I'm not here to get political. I'm certainly not here to justify or condemn whatever either administration, whether it was the prior administration, whether it's the current administration. I don't really care. What I do care about is the markets. I do care about America. That is my country. All I'll say about the whole situation is we need to do the right thing. doesn't matter what anybody's opinion of what the right thing was in the past. We're here and now today. We need to do the right thing today. There. I said my piece. There's a method to the madness, so I brought it up for a reason. It's not the only thing in the news cycle. We can pick stuff all around the world of things that are going on that could have an impact on the market. However, they don't today have an impact on the market. One day soon, we can pick one of them out of a hat and say that's the reason why the market went down today or this week or whatever the case is. They will do that. But right now, they climb the wall of worry. That's the way this works. As long as nobody cares because 
the market moves forward, and nothing that is going on other than what's at home seems that important until it is, and it's important when the media tells you that that's the reason why things have changed. Then, whatever that thing is, whether it's one of the things on the table today, or it's some other thing that will come up in the future, one of those things will ultimately be the reason why things changed. Today, the trend is your friend, they climb the wall of worry, and we deal with the market that's right in front of us at present. By the way, let me circle back to the 448.90 to 450.24. Let me circle back to those numbers, that zone. Think about this for a second. If you remember how I came up with the numbers, and it has to do with the number that the low was made at all the way back in 2009, and then there was some additional we'll call it financial engineering, to come to the 448.90 to 450.24. But think about this for a second. The spider pays dividends and has fees embedded and has been doing so, meaning paying the dividends and drawing out the fees the entire time, and I still use that number as the low, and I still use the number that came out of the calculator at the end of the day as the 448.90 to 450 and change, and we're pretty darn close, and we have to be pretty darn close in terms of time as well. Now, I'm going to give you one more item to chew on. Since I like numbers, and I like the relationship that I like to, we'll call it, discover between numbers, other numbers, time, dates, all kinds of stuff. And there's no schematic, there's no formula for how you figure this stuff out, and that's why I like to call it, in part, art form. But here's what you'll chew on for a while. Let's see what everybody comes up with. There's another anniversary coming up. It's coming up this year. It should be extremely important. What is it? And it's market-related, so let's narrow the search. It's a market-related anniversary that should be important. What's going on inside the numbers today? I think you're going to want to pay attention because this is an area where you can certainly benefit if you're active or would like to be active in the market during the trading day. We had a pretty good day inside the numbers today. I want to describe what happened, and you make your own decision on what you may or may not have done. Everybody does what they're comfortable doing. That's why I like to say, a lot of times, inside the numbers, there's something for everybody. We have stocks on the move. We have the intraday commentary as it relates to the SPY. Some traders trade options, exchange-traded products, the SPY themselves, the futures contract in terms of the ES, the micro-contracts. It's endless what you can do. You can use a variety of different vehicles. Some have more risk than others. If you're starting out, you use something that has less risk. As you get more experienced, you graduate to take on more risk. That's the way this works. We'll start with the early thoughts. I had more commentary around the Afghanistan thing. I just couldn't help myself. I think it's a terrible situation. We're not going to rehash it. On to the tape. First thing, right out of the gate, zero dark 30. Will they simply be running a test of an important spot before resuming the uptrend, or are we seeing a failed breakout scenario? So from a big picture perspective, that's what's on my mind at zero dark 30. 
first thing out of the chute on my mind. From there, we begin to narrow things down, but you have to start with the big picture. The numbers on the south side look like this. 443.75, sound familiar? That was the number you saw on the chart right out of the chute. That was the number right out of the chute at zero dark 30. If she gets below and starts closing candles below, 442.60, the bulls will have fumbled and will be covering the next thing in real time. So that was pretty much the line in the sand. Meaning, if you think they're going to bounce from 443.75 or somewhere below that, then you don't want to see the market below and closing candles below 442.60 because that was the spot that told me that the first thing, meaning the long side trade, would have been incorrect. Before you get into a trade, you have to know exactly where your uncle spot is. Where are you wrong? Where do you have to cut and run to preserve capital so that you have another trade coming? Why? Because there's always another trade around the corner. On the northern track, 445.65 is a key spot. Getting there to run a test is one thing, but closing candles above opens the door for the next leg higher in the deja vu scenario. Let's stop, pause, and get a visual under our belt. Here's an SPY five-minute chart. Right of the vertical is today's activity. The bottom trend line is 443.75. They went down a little lower, but wait, there's more. We'll get to that in a moment. 445.65 is the top line, and you can see what happened in the afternoon. They didn't even think about pulling back. Even on a retest, once they got above, they even came up a few pennies short, and they just took off to the upside finishing at the highs of day for the most part. Why? Because the trend is your friend, A number one, and A number two, they're headed to a destination. What's the destination? How about the numbers we just discussed? Let's move along, see what else we have, because it's going to get interesting. You're going to want to see this. Nine o'clock, just an update. They were quiet. They haven't done anything. We're just preparing for the day. We're doing some pregame warm-up. We're running some sprints. 921. Let's talk again about the spot around 443.75, give or take. It's important and should provide support. They could also run a test of 443, give or take. Oh, well, that changes the picture a little bit. So we basically had the entire kitten caboodle before the opening bell even rang. And by the way, below 442.65 on candle closes is a problem for the bulls. Bounce case. Let's move along, see what else we have. Look at this, right out of the chute. IWM should find support, I said fund, but should be find, typo, fat finger, support around 218.35 and 217.67, give or take. Just saying. Here's a picture of the IWM. This happens to be a 15-minute chart. Low of day is 217.65. How you doing? Now, early on, the market was bouncing around, so I know that traders don't want to wait for my number. They want to jump in ahead of time. So therefore, at 938, you see, traders who purchased in front of 443.75 along with the spike of 444 might be right and should take profit along the way if they bounce. I'm waiting for 443.75. So I'm telling you exactly what I'm doing. 
Let's move it along. By 9.44, we could already see, based on the price action around that zone, how much support there was around that zone. That's evidence that the number is important. So those that understand how this all works, and you see the price action around the specific number, you begin to gain confidence the number's correct, and guess what? You guessed it. You have a different outlook going forward because you have a totally different understanding than most. Now, a couple of minutes later, they come right into the number, showtime for the bulls. Remember, they can spike it down to around 443, but should bounce in this zone. By the way, interpretation. There's aggressive, and there's conservative, and there's in the middle. I'm speaking to inside the number members. So let's just say you're an aggressive trader and you don't want to miss the trade, quote unquote. I'm doing the air quote thing because I know the feeling. I don't want to miss the trade. I got to get in. I get that feeling. So you want to jump in and you're jumping in at the first number. But you have to be willing to add at the second number. That's the aggressive trader. He or she needs to have that understanding. Or, secondarily, you can just be willing to write it down to the second number. You don't have to add. There's no law that says you have to add. But this is the concept of the aggressive trader. The intermediate trader, he or she is looking for a spike of the number, maybe buying two, three times underneath the number, down to 443, trying to get a better price, best price. Don't really care if you miss the trade would rather have the price. The conservative trader, A, that trader likely doesn't get into the trade because they're typically looking for nine or 10 excuses and reasons why to flash up on the screen, which typically don't exist. I say that tongue in cheek, you could laugh along with me. But for real, the conservative trader is waiting for the lower spot. He or she is waiting for 443 or even a spike of 443, the spike of the next big fat round number, or in this case, just round number. The conservative trader sees a low of 442.87 for today. The conservative trader is well aware that there are plenty of times where that trader, he or she, is going to miss the opportunity. It's not going to come all the way down. It's not going to spike through 443, but that's okay. That trader doesn't care. They want what they want. They're running a tight ship. All three are correct. It depends on who you are. You have to know who you are as a trader. What makes you comfortable? What makes you uncomfortable? If you freak out when you're out of the money by 15 cents in the SPY, then you need to adjust your expectations, adjust the prices at which you buy, or adjust the amount that you're buying. All right, on to the commentary off the soapbox for now. It was busy this morning. It's busy now. We had stocks on the move going. We had SPY going. We had IWM going for those that wanted that trade. There was action on the docket. 9.55, a reiteration of the stop. Closing candles below 4.42.65 means the long side trade is incorrect. They never got down there. Just the point that you have to know. 4.43 is a pretty important spot right now. X did the deal. That's U.S. Steel. We'll get to stocks on the move later. Let's move along through the commentary. By the way, now here's where I uncover the thing. I didn't say this till just now. I said it was important, but here at 
Now I'm telling inside the number members what it was. By the way, SPY 443.75, give or take, was the most recent breakout area. What are they doing? Coming back to run a test. That's why it could take some time. But they should fight their way back to at least that spot and 444. Obviously, when they went a lot higher, but when you're in the heat of the battle early in the morning, you have to take it one step at a time. Closing candles back above 444 is the bull case. We're up here after 10 o'clock. And now I'm going to scroll up. You can read the notes. Go back to the charts to double check the work. Basically, the entire thing other than holding a trailer for traders that pick the market up today at, near, in the vicinity of, in the neighborhood of the lows, some traders hold a trailer all day long on a day like today. Guess what? It was an all-day sucker. Here's a picture I put up so you know what's going on. This is before they got above, but you have to know what the setup is. What are we pointing to? We'll use the real chart. It's easier to see. And by the way, what did they do also? 50-period moving average, important spot, breakout area. You begin to see how you also get the makings of a full stack. I didn't show you that the 20-period moving average on the 120-minute chart was in the neighborhood, and also the 240-chart 20-period moving average was in the neighborhood. Here's your 240-chart. There's your 20-period moving average. They didn't hit it, but it was in the neighborhood. I'm looking at as much as I can. So back to the breakdown candle. So the first hourly candle of the day is essentially a breakdown candle, but you have to take two things into account. A, you have a breakdown candle high, which is also the opening range high on Monday morning. But the breakdown candle really extends from the closing price all the way back from Friday. That's the extent of the candle. On the chart, it looks like a gap. But essentially, that price extension goes all the way back to Friday's close. So there's really two areas they're going to want to run a test of. A, the opening range high, which is really what you see here as the breakdown candle high. And then secondarily, it's the gap a little higher, which is right around the what? Yeah, the breakdown candle high in concept. Sometimes what you can't see is actually there. All right. Back to the commentary, let me scroll up. You can read the notes, go back to the charts, double check the work. There's always stuff to learn in here. I just don't want to take up any more time on this video reading you word for word. You got the concept. We caught the low of day. That was it. What about stocks on the move? We had a list of six on the board today, and three out of the six hit their price objective or entry targets. We're going to take a look at those three charts. TMUS, FCX, and X, which is U.S. Steel. The other three on the list, they didn't get there. They're off the board. We only want the stuff at our price, not somebody else's number. The first one we'll look at is T-Mobile. It was getting a haircut at the open, but this became a no trade. Why is that? Because it came up short of the number. Now, if it came up short in this candle, went sideways for a couple of minutes, and then came back down, that's not the same as getting a rip-roaring rocket ride higher, making a high in the next candle of 142.65 after coming up short, they did more than the minimum required base hit. So that takes it off the table. We don't want the trade. So what happens? They come back down and that number doesn't work. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. 
when they do this little maneuver, the Macarena around the number or in front of the number, then it takes the trade away because it's not the same trade anymore. We want the stuff that comes right into it. They're looking for a destination, they've got a destination, and they hit the destination. We don't want the Macarena in front of the destination. Obviously, the number was important. Look where they went by the end of the day. They closed the day about a nickel above the number. The numbers work. Not always can you trade them in the preferred manner in which we would like, but the numbers work. About Freeport McMoran, 36-34 was the number on the board bright and early, getting its buzz cut at the open. What does it do? It comes into the support area. Why? That was today's destination. What does it do? It finds support, turns around, and goes back in the other direction. First, they gave you the base hit. They came back to run some tests of the number and then went back up again. The numbers work. How about U.S. Steel? On the board bright and early was 2770. It was a one and done. There was one number on the board. It either works or it doesn't. What was low of day? How about 2769? Apples, how do you like them apples? Doesn't happen every time, doesn't happen every day, but it does happen, and it happens more than people would think. The rest you can see on the chart, it is what it is. The numbers work. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Now we took a look at the intraday chart over before, from inside the numbers, 217.67 was tested again. They ran a successful test. However, you have to ask, how many more times are they going to run a successful test of the same spot? Well, they keep doing it until they fail. We don't guess when they're going to fail. We just observe and we note when they fail. There's something else that's important that you really have to take note of. We have a breakup candle. Therefore, we have a breakup candle low to 18.68. What was the closing price today? 219.07. As long as they stay inside of that, which is slightly above the 217.67, it's not that far away, but it gives you another number to think about, another target, another reason why they're down testing this area. Ah, all of a sudden, your thought process changes a little bit. Were they running down to test the important area? Were they running down to test the breakup candle low? Might as well get them both while they're down there. But if, in fact, they were really just going down to test the breakup candle low, and we see them start to trade above and back into those moving averages near the high, 100 period, 50 period, then you have to start thinking about 225.50 and higher again, and they will have if that happens. This is the hypothetical stuff, but if that does happen, they will have recocked the weapon. What's going on with the folks down at the transportation department? They started down earlier, reversed, finished near the highs, favorite canary in the coal mine, no question about it. We're on a five-day turnaround in the transports. Remember the number we said was important, especially on a weekly close, around 14760 Where did they close last week? This is the candle that closed last week. They closed above. It doesn't put them back up in a complete all-out uptrend, going to bust through to new highs, but it does change the shorter-term picture while they're above that area. We also keep in mind and consider the bigger picture, remember, they topped out 
back here in May, the S&P 500 is at new highs yet again today. The IWM also topped out months ago. These are my two favorite market-leading indicators. Nothing goes in one direction all the time. Nothing goes in a straight line. Things go back and forth. There are ebbs and flows of the market. The market travels in waves, per se, just like the ocean does. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? The QQQ people, again, ran a test of the 20-period moving average, but finished not at the highs, but near the highs with a tail candle. Now, I don't love these tail candles in the middle of no man's land, but you have to notice that they finished near the highs after being below the most recent low. That counts for something. You just have to take that out of technical stuff 101. Anytime the market's above all the moving averages and closes at the highs, you have to consider it's bullish. Walks like a duck, talks like a duck. Using the 80-20 rule, it's gonna be a duck. XLF, financials down 10 cents. We can't make a federal case out of that. They're above all the moving averages. They made a new high last week. They're inside of, by the open today and also the close, the most recent high. Again, we're not making a federal case out of that. The trend is your friend. They're above all the moving averages. We're going to just watch the financials for a while. If they begin to scale back and they begin to show signs of a false breakout, that's a different story. I'm not there just yet. Smash Mouth? Interestingly enough, and it is a pretty good proxy for the tech space as a whole, but it didn't do much today. What are they actually doing? They're riding the 20-period moving average in a bearish, flaggish formation after coming down from the recent highs. So we've got divergences out here. Not one of them is telling us that the other one is going to turn around, but one of them will turn around. Either the SPY and the Dow and such are going to come down because some of these leading indicators may pull the market down, or the trend is actually going to continue to pull some of these other things like the SMH continuously back to the upside. What's the uncle point for the SMH? Closing daily below 255 is really an eyebrow raiser. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.